Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 649 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. The band is fully back together. Oliver Stone is here. He is back from his day-long trek to the Austin Bergstrom International Airport. Stephen Kyle <laughs> is here. Ben Funky Askren. And it's a great Wednesday. Stanford Wrestling is back. They didn't news dump us for once. They didn't do this on Thursday at 10 o'clock Central. We actually get to talk about it. And it's like the best news in wrestling in I don't even know how long. A very, 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 very long time. Um, very. Ben, reactions to the news? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, obviously it's great, but it makes you think like what happened. And, and um, I read a couple articles and it, it, I didn't really love the explanations. It didn't feel like there was much there. Um, and so it leaves me wondering more, obviously, which I'm sure we'll never know the answer to. Yeah. I, I think if you look at what Stanford has been saying, um, and what's going on? It, it sounds like, I mean, they, they've been they've changed their rhetoric throughout this, right? It started financially. It's um, after exhausting all viable alternatives. It's painfully clear we would not be able to remain financially stable to support thirty six varsity sports. So, and then there was like, oh, sustained excellence or whatever, which Stanford wrestling certainly had. They like foot the bill, and then they said no amount of money would cover it. Then they said two hundred million dollars would cover it. And then they got caught. That was a lie. And $200 million was based on nothing. And then, mm-hmm. so they just kept moving the, the, the goalposts. And, but man, it, really Stanford wrestling led the effort to restore all the sports. And yeah. dude, Shane Griffith is just a legend for this. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it like literally be, there's so many reasons he, he's like just immortalized for, for what he did. One the fact that he won NCAAs, given the insane restrictions around his season, is is almost incomprehensible. They're practicing outside and inconsistently at different places. They only got a yeah. s- small amount of, of – they had like a 14-day road trip where they did their entire season, okay? He, mm-hmm. he actually lost at Pac-12s, which made me think like, dude, all this – You weird, were out on him. I was out. I was all the way out. I'm like, listen – these guys, it's not his fault, but he's not able to train. Like, training is super important thing, and he's clearly not wrestling. Like, you know, then boom, he balls out at NCAAs. He yep. beats Marinelli, the one seed, and really was just, he was just uh, ridiculously good. And the fact that 
not only just take out take out the fact that he won and he won that way and then with everything on his shoulders for this movement and that espn is like on there the you're hearing the chance for safe stanford wrestling and they're they're talking about all the ESPN's kind of putting Stanford on blast throughout that kind of coordinated they did. effort. It really did. That was kind of really surprising, wasn't it? It was surprising and but yet refreshing. Like I you you wonder yeah. like you feel like Stanford would have some like pulls within ESPN with their yeah, alumni network absolutely. and be like, hey, we need you to just, you know, let this go and keep it moving. And but man, freaking they ran with all their talking points. They interviewed Shane. They showed him with the yep. shirt on after when uh Pitt was doing the review. I mean, it was, it was, um, it's hard they to post it on their social channels afterwards, like Shane's interview where yep. he's like talking yep. about saving the program. Yeah. yeah. So that was, um, I mean, that, that was, that cannot be understated as a, a huge part in the consistent, constant pressure. And we're really excited that, that, uh, Ray Blake's going to come on at nine central 10 Eastern to, to discuss about this, this huge, huge win. Um, we also have to thank, um, uh, Big Stool Barcat. Big Stool Barcat. Big yeah. Stool Barcat, Ben. He, he would stools. always tweet out the he hashtag. He saved it all, all by himself. Yeah. Wow. No, but they, there was a lot of big guys. I mean, Dan Cormier was is, was tweeting a lot about it, right? That there were quite a few people. Um, man, it, it feels it 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 feels like a great win, but it also feels like what the hell just happened? Like we, it wasn't like there was this problem that was in the way, and then this no. problem was now resolved, and now. Uh, we understand why it was fixed. Again, I'm kind of left with like, well, what happened? Was it, it was, was it just so much negative sentiment that they felt like there was no other choice but to bring him back? Yeah, they thought it'd go quietly and then they'd just be able to do it. They didn't, um, I think they underestimated the what Stanford Wrestling, and let's, let's be clear and let's be honest, and this isn't a bias, Stanford Wrestling and the Save Stanford Wrestling movement elevated all these other sports there was no other sport that had this kind of organization so they did not expect a, a team to have this kind of power momentum and consistent pressure yeah. that stanford wrestling yeah. put put on the university i think one they thought it'd just be able to go quietly but two it turned into what we've seen when these when these programs say they're dropping and then they come back it's a it's a shakedown right that's all it was that's yeah. what happened with cleveland state it was it was just straight up a shakedown and i mean i don't think that's right i think that's it's actually reprehensible that that's how they choose to do do that and uh it, it's such an embarrassing look for stanford who is like i mean it's not just prestigious One of the it's, it's not just academically prestigious it just has this pristine brand it's athletically it's academically it's all excellent it's in this like you know little beautiful part of california and then it you know they just look so bad so publicly bad that a uh, an institution with that kind of prestige I think they they were so were so filled with shame, especially when Shane won and all that moment. I think um, I think that had to have yeah. a big thing, and I think that got the attention of maybe some other alumni and, and influential people around the program. I have to assume that there was just the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, and they're like, "All right, we'll we'll bring it back." Um, yeah. So it's it's fantastic. So did, did it say in those releases? I didn't see that. They were going to take all the money that Stanford Wrestling ra raised, or are they going to fund everything now? Or I mean, it, it didn't really lay that out either. Maybe Ray Blake will be able to clear that up for us. Yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be able to. I'm sure that money that they raised is going to be um, utilized uh, and yeah, and taken. So I don't know the exact extent there, and Coach Blake can probably clarify. But I, it really raises 
additional interesting questions, right? Because now there's like, okay, the program's back and I feel like it's, it's back for good and it's going to be safe. So now, okay, what's the next steps? Because their head coach is now the head coach at American. They have all mm-hmm. these guys in the portal. You've got, you know, Coach Blake, Coach Tirapelli, and Coach McCoy are still there. What happens yeah. with all those guys? What happens with Shane Griffith and Real Woods and Jaden Avis? Um, that's that's what I'm curious to learn about uh, yeah. because you know they're still they still got kind of a good team. I mean, there's been heck yeah. Jane's committed other places, but um, there's a whole bunch of them who have not committed anywhere. Jane well, Abbas. He hasn't Woods. committed. Oh, Is he Shane? hasn't? No. Why? Did you oh. think, where do you think he was going? Uh, I don't know. I thought we talked about Michigan. No, no I think I was, I was a school on the short list, but definitely did not commit there. Oh. Oh, are, are you sure? Because I think you told me that last week, Christian. Nah, no, sir. Are we talking about Jane Abbas? We literally said yesterday we thought he was going to no, go no, to No, no, no. I said Shane Griffith. Oh. Yeah, I don't think no. that was ever said. He's never, he's not coming. Oh, okay, all right. I thought you, you guys made me feel that way last week. Um, anyways, so yeah, I mean, they, they could have a really good squad next year. Then, if if all of these people st- decide to stick around, well, what really sucks too is they have no recruiting class. Yeah, they haven't recruited because why would you recruit? Yeah, and what recruit would go there? I guess too, right? Yeah. Uh, so there, I mean, I dare say i mean for this incoming class they're, they're not no one's going to come in i can't imagine unless you, you maybe maybe you go into the portal portal power you portal go into power. the portal get some of these kids that are are yeah. looking for looking for a place um but yeah i know that I mean, definitely happened with one of our guys aiden vandenbush he was uh we wrestled with max's uh, you know at max's location he's two-time state champ and really high act gpa and was going to Stanford and then was kind of like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And now he, he just committed to Northwestern like last week or, or something. Mm. And then we have, we had another kid who was at Stanford and he was redshirting this year. Well, he, he wasn't a starter. He would have been redshirting his first year. And, you know, I kept, kept asking Max, like, where's he going to go? And it's like, he really wants to Stanford education. There's a decent chance that he's going to stay there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there's definitely people like that. Yeah, I mean, there's an obvious pull with yes for that, and I don't think it'd be tough for them to turn on the recruiting and have a one-year stopgap and figure it out. But it, it's definitely a thing. And but what what is interesting for me is the dynamic of now wrestling for this school, where there's so much there was mm-hmm. so much animosity. I mean, there, yeah, you know, there were black singlets at NCAs. There were black singlets all season. The, the the coaches were outspoken. Uh, they were not playing ball with the Stanford rhetoric. They, they were, wear anything with the Stanford S on it or anything. At, at any point in time. So, mm-hmm. I, it, you know, to now be like reverse, be like, yay, now I'm on this team. But I but the, the administration is, you know, deplorable yeah. to me. And the, how, how do you kind of reconcile those, those emotions? Up. But... You know, you you fought at the other time. Bracky and I were talking about this before. Bracky made the good point. It's like, but no, but like they won. They defeated the administration. That's why they get to wear the Stanford singlet, and they didn't get what they wanted. So maybe that's how you kind of reconcile it. But I'm sure for you know, if I'm a if I'm a recruiter, if I'm a guy there now, it's like, man, this this program. Look what they just made me do last year. Like, do I yeah. want to stay there? I hope that they. I hope that they do. Candidly, I think it would be awesome if they got to go and do a 
you know, a regular season and, and all that stuff. But I, if any kid it, ended up leaving, I, you can't blame them. Correct. Yeah. But I, so I, and I don't think it's, um, I, mean, I, I don't know how their system works, but I got to assume it's probably a couple very powerful people at the top who are pulling the strings and, and making these decisions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, if anything, it, it's would probably be a, a feeling of hatred or spite towards them. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get canned, for, you know, for their actions, which would have been nice. Um, but it was, you well, know, it wasn't like the whole school voted uh, and made this decision to get rid of these sports, right? It was a couple people at the top. Well, and I, I would not say it's necessarily true. I mean, there still could be fallout from this administratively for, for Stanford. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bernard Muir getting canned. That'd be nice. Like he totally. I don't know how you keep your job after this. I mean, how how, how bad how, this has been managed. How worse can you mishandle a situation? <laughs> and there's yeah, other sure. there's other um, issues outside of this with with Stanford athletics and their admissions things, right? Yeah. Um, there's that whole documentary on Netflix, isn't it about this guy? Uh, not about him, but uh, he is implicated in it. It's if you haven't watched it, it's really good. It's called Varsity Blues, uh, college admission scandal on Netflix. Mm. It goes all into how this guy in California was working what he called side doors to get kids into schools. Um, and what he said, the front door is you just get into the school th- through the old-fashioned way. You know, you have good scores, your resume looks great, whatever, you get in. Back door is uh, <laughs> your family <clears throat> donates millions and millions and millions of dollars to get you into school. Side door is mm. he works with somebody that he has a connection with at the school. You still pay a pretty penny, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But essentially, uh, they make it seem like you are on a sports team and going to be a walk-on on that sports team. And um, you fake, like there are people faking po- uh, photos of them playing water polo and uh, things like that. Um, to get them into USC and Stanford and uh, Georgetown was involved. Their soccer coach was involved in all of this. Um, it's, it's pretty wild stuff. But yeah, Stanford was one of the main schools involved and actually their old sailing coach was featured prominently in the documentary. Hmm. And the AD has mentioned, um, he says in the documentary, or he's come out and said, I've never heard of this guy who was doing this stuff. Uh, I had no connection to him ever. And in the documentary, the Stanford sailing, old sailing coach says, no, he told me he knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, Get him out of here. Seriously. Beat it, nerd. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm curious what, the you know, who's going to be the next head coach at, at Stanford? Um, is it going to be Ray? Is it going to be someone at, at, at the program? Is it going to be – are they going to go outside higher? Um would, would you know? Would the current Stanford staff want to stay at Stanford? These are all yeah questions. Seriously, I mean, you want to talk about how the athletes feel about the program, but think about how the coach has probably been the one more directly battling the administration for sure. I mean, like really head on, and the the disdain they probably feel for their superiors. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's got to be real. I mean, that's gonna be so strong. Yeah, absolutely. That would that would make it that would make it tough. So I'm curious um, for. I mean, the whole fallout has real implications for, for wrestling next year, where these guys go. I mean, and it's also the other huge thing is the Pac-12 was, was 
going to have some interesting options because they weren't going to have the the minimum number of of teams and now they're going to be back they're going to be they should be okay so they won't have to like combine and go into the um yeah to like big 12 or some sort of amalgamation mm-hmm. there yeah i mean it's it's good that the the biggest brand uh remaining in pac 12 wrestling mm-hmm. is is going to continue to compete um but yeah it's still the pac 12 clearly doesn't care that much about wrestling no no that that seems pretty clear okay um where to next, gang? Uh, and, and what else I about like the, the big board you put up there? Yeah, what do we think? Uh, I want to look at the. Class- Feels like nope, like there's not really any committed. But I mean, well, I don't know. More of these guys are. That's point. that's the thing. I don't want to show this because some of these guys are actually committed. Like Nick Feldman's going to Ohio State, and Caleb Henson's going to uh, Virginia Tech. So I, um, I think it's just those two in this screenshot. Okay, okay, good. okay. Well, because it's only right now you only have three of the top ten being committed, but obviously that would add two, so we'd be up to half. And Jordan Man, Williams feels... has decommitted from Oklahoma. Right? State. Oh, really? Yes. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I can tell you. He took like he took some time off from wrestling too. He's, yeah, he was like he's since come back, but yeah, it was kind of a weird oh, weird thing. Um, so I'm not sure what's happening with with Jordan Williams, but yeah, he said he's not going to Oklahoma State. So he's an interesting pickup. I'm curious how the big board will change after, because this hasn't been updated in a little bit. So it could look a little different mm-hmm. after this. Uh, he said, I'll be decommitting from the University of Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I will be taking this time to focus on my mental health, and God, I haven't been the best, and I've had a lot going on. Has led me to the decision. Um, yeah, he said it before finishing his high school season, but then pretty he sure he, he competed, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, me either. But he's uh, he, he's a good get. So the the class of twenty two big board number one Nick Buzakis, number two Jesse Mendez, three Crookham, four Jordan Williams. All those guys are around the same weight. Um, yeah. Why? The, so why, why? When was the last time this was updated? Um, it's been a minute. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a minute. Yeah, it was hard, obviously hard because we missed so many things last year. So it'll be fun to see this be <laughs> updated. Um, I gotta assume the, those top four they haven't really um, taken any bad losses. I don't think. I think those top four will be still really high, highly up there, right? Jordan Williams, he lost to. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Cody Chittum, uh, and yeah, he lost it. Who's no number one? I thought he had a loss to someone in Oklahoma, um, mm. but I can't recall. But I think, uh, but Buzakis and Mendez are have certainly preserved and. Crookham we haven't seen as much of, but he's been good. Feldman I think is going to be really good at Ohio State as a, I guess, a heavyweight. Um, You know, he gets up to 230, 240. It'll be interesting. Shoe made it because they got Shoe made it 197 also. Yeah. Rylan Rogers is another one. I'm curious what what all teams are going to be in on the Rylan Rogers sweepstakes. I know for a fact Ohio State's on him hard. I believe he's put out a top group. Okay. Dang, Ohio State got another guy in this class. They're going after everybody. No, 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 no. They're going after him. Um, Can't get him yeah. yet. Can't get him. Uh, yeah. Seth Shoemate's coming. I'm, uh, I'm curious, you know, to to watch him because I feel like he's got all the talent. I right, read that. Comment. Top six schools for Ryland Rogers: NC State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Oregon State, Oklahoma. No Oklahoma State. No. Which is notable, I think, because he is Chandler's cousin. Jordan's cousin. cousin. Yes. 
Yeah, that's a good that's a good solid list. Um would be a good uh would be a huge recruit for Oregon State if they got him. Yes. As uh you know, keeping those guys in the Pacific Northwest has not been easy. They there is a lot of talent in the in Washington and Oregon. Uh it's not a, a high number, but there's some some solid kids and they've they've gotten away from from Oregon State in some instances. So he would be a good yeah. Good guy to keep on on that side of the country, but man, this that stiff competition to go up against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, NC State. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of good. It's a lot of good places that he'll be looking up against. Now, Caleb Hansen is going to Virginia Tech. What about Singleton? So I thought they were high school teammates. You guys don't have the same school with it, but aren't they high school teammates? They are not. You yeah. me- you messed that up last time. Who it's am I thinking Wo- of then? Are they club teammates then or something? Well, it's Woodland and then Woodward Academy. I think you were but, just. <clears throat> I swear I've seen pictures of them together. Are they buddies or club teammates or something? It might be. I'm sure they're buddies if they're both from Georgia. Yeah. Who uh, okay. who in this? Uh, are, are there any guys you see on the the big board that you you're excited about, Ben? Uh, I mean, yeah, of course, of course the, the top guys, are, everyone thinks they're, they're really good. Um, Singleton has been really good lately. He had a great UWW juniors. Uh, Manny Rojas has been really solid lately. Um, I wish I could scroll down past number 20. I should probably just go to your website and scroll Would, down past number 24. Yeah, you can click the link above. Oh, shit, yeah. It's got the whole thing. Uh, the whole gang. Whole yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, so let me scroll down for a minute here. Um, Gibson obviously is going to be good. I think. Oh, I'm on the wrong class. No, I am. You're right. Yeah. Who else? Who else on here? Because, oh, Clayton Whiting, baby. He had a decent UWW juniors. That's one. That's one of my guys that I coach. Okay. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be biased. <laughs> Mitch Messenbrink. Mitchell Messenbrink. Yeah. I didn't know he was a big border. Yeah, they both had uh, they uh, what, they were both round of twelve or round of sixteen, somewhere in there at, at UW, UWW Juniors. Nice. So, yeah. Um, Is this one of your better classes for 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 kids? Uh I'd have to look through. I think we have three. We had three big borders in this class. I think our freshman and sophomore classes are, are really good comparatively. Oh, you know, one that's going to jump up immensely now as I scroll all the way through the list. Um, Hunter Garvin at number ninety nine. He's yeah. gonna move up, crazy. Yeah, he was the one, he. I when I was looking up Jordan Williams, he beat Jordan Williams in folk style national finals. Too. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes, he's good. He also Very beat good. uh, he Martin. beat like three good people. Yeah, Alec Martin. Yep. Yeah, he's gonna this, have uh, a big jump. The other kid, Ryan Borsma. Um, he just beat one of my guys at Northern Plains. He is gigantic. I mean, yeah. like he's a heavyweight, but he is like. I don't know. He's got to be six, six, six or something. He's a beast. Oh my gosh! See, yes. I guess does he play football? I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play football. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got to. He has to. And yeah. then the other kid I just saw on this list that I saw this weekend, who I was really impressed with, and I don't know how you guys feel about him. Um, and I think his coach might be Mark DeSalvo. That just uh, I'm pretty sure that's who I saw. Um, Jake Niffen Niffenager. You know who that is? Yes. Yeah, he's really good. He, I think, I'm pretty sure he won Northern Plains and he beat a couple of really good guys. Yep, nice. Yeah. yeah, I think this is Bray's next big project. He was saying the other day. Got it. 
Sweet. Yeah, so yeah, November in, November nineteenth of last year. Yeah, I'm excited to see this uh, the shuffling that that happens for this. Uh, yeah, we still have the Ferraris listed as Allen Texas. Nice. <laughs> That was uh, like, Raul Ra- Kittle probably move up. He will. He yeah, he final. will for sure. Did he, no, he made the team. He made the team. Yeah, be, yeah, he made the team. He's good. Nice. Okie doke. Oh, yeah, I like Raleigh. Remember him. All right. Why don't we. Um, well, should we do questions now and then spin it's the. weird because. In with Bray. Right. Why don't we check yeah, in with Ollie? Right. He hasn't said four words this whole time. I've chimed in here and there. I know, but you, you know, I we have. Ha- we we got to set you up. We got to get you more involved. Yeah, I mean, you let me work my offense when it gets worked in. You know what I mean? You can't okay. force it all the time. I got a, a specific type of game, and you can't force it. I, yeah, I understand. Shut it You're down. like John Paxson. And also, you know, you guys were those are big. Uh, you guys subjects. You know, like the Stanford coming back. You guys had a. You guys were. Leading uh-huh. the charge, passionate about that. I'm not going to chime in and make jokes about that. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. You know, okay. Good thing. All right. So, do you, is there a serious side of you, Ollie? Because yes, you're obviously a jokester, but do you got a deep, deep serious side somewhere here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not the what I'm paid to do here. You know. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, cause I was figuring you had to because you took seven days driving from New York with your mom. So I mean, you can't just crack jokes on your mom the whole time, right? You got some solid deep. I don't know. She's pretty funny, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, is she? we talk. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. She definitely is. But uh, yeah, we we talk we talk about some real stuff too. Yeah. Can, can you okay. explain? Um, uh, just explain your your travel habits. How it takes you so long to get from Texas to uh, or from New York to Texas? Well, it took us three days. Um, my mom does not like to drive extended periods of times. There we go. I I would have got mm. it done straight shot usual, but. Um, <laughs> She had like about like around an eight hour kind of cap is where she was comfortable driving. So I'm not going to oblige like this is my mother here. I'm not one of my Tony Soprano going to put her up in a home in Green Grove or something. No, I take care of her. So like that's got to take care of mom. It's a retirement community. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nice place. She just it was one of the, she could have been happy there if she wanted to. Yeah, she's one, just yes, a miserable person. One of the most expensive and not we're not talking about my mother here. We're talking about Tony we're, Soprano's Tony mother. Sopr- that was a great thing. My she mom, was the worst. Yeah, my mom's great. My mom's awesome. But yeah. yeah, we did have a great time. We also we made some stops. My mom wanted to see Nashville. So we went and nice. spent like an hour or two in Nashville, walked over to Pedestrian Bridge. Very nice there. Did you boot scoot and boogie? Uh, we saw some honky tonks. Is that what you do there? You boot scoot and boogie? <laughs> yeah. That is so, what you do there. Um, I didn't personally. We didn't do any boot scoot or boogieing, um, but we saw him, checked it out. Pretty cool little uh, area, neighborhood, city, I guess it is. So, uh, yeah, like Nashville. And then uh, also did a quick little stop in Dallas, saw Dealey Plaza and uh, RIP JFK. Um, I still have not gone there and i would like i'll be honest it's a little weird because like the city's it's like kind of like the biggest attraction there and Mm -hmm. it's a murder site yeah so there's that little funny thing and it's also just like a side of the road it's not like a a, like a big museum or type of like cut off area just like oh this is a a popular road and then this is just like where they set up some like little placards and such uh but it was cool super interesting uh right on the street they have like the x that marks a spot of like this is where he got shot. Dang. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's kind of heavy. But, that is uh, heavy. And then we walked around a bit, saw the historic west 
side, I think they call it. Hmm. I'm not sure. But so the, historic. Uh, yeah, it was super historic. Um, felt like I was walking through the history, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but it was point. a it was a good time with uh, with Mima. Okay, and then it and you spent yesterday taking her to the airport. Well, no, it was at an interesting time where it was like. Uh, she had like a 10:45 flight, so like uh-huh. I could have been on the show and like right. left a little earlier. But I was like, let me just spend the morning with my mom. That's smart, you know. That's great. One, here's a little deep thing for you, Ben. One thing my mom taught go. me: a crucial thing in life, you have to take care of work, obviously, and work hard. But people over projects. My mom's a very important person mm. to me. So, I mean, not that you guys aren't important people but you get what i'm saying it's whatever yeah yeah i mean i love you guys but like that's not whatever, more than dude. my mom that's bullcrap dude you love yeah, you me more you than your mom me across the country. i do no. no you guys won't even go to a baseball game with me on yeah Friday. we will <laughs> you guys refuse to go to a baseball <laughs> no, game with me no. on friday you want to know baseball what game. i'm putting the hey, team. ben listen to this what this dude is trying to get out of a team building activity uh-oh. I'm trying Straight to build up. another team. So that he he so he decides today he wants to go to a Texas Rangers game in Arlington on Friday and just expects us to just up and go all the way. And he acts like we're not supporting him when it's all just to get him out of a team building activity. That's kind of far away, Ali. It's kind of yeah. far. It's easy. Day it's, trip. it's a day trip. It isn't. You guys just criticized me from uh, driving from New York, taking too long, and now we're saying Arlington's a pretty far drive. What? I should have been here in 45 minutes, but now we can't go take a little road trip with the boys, go check out a game. We, we I offered to buy them hot dogs, buy them <laughs> tickets, they and they're leaving me flapping in the wind. No, we're ben not. Ben hates baseball. He doesn't even care. Ben doesn't like baseball. I haven't been to a baseball game in a minute. I, I used know, to love baseball. You know how it works? I... I uh, dude, I, I used to love baseball. I had all the baseball cards. I knew all the stats and stuff. Who was your yeah. favorite player? Well, I was a Brewers guy, so I, I watched Robin Young get his 3,000th hit. Uh, Robert Mollet, uh Paul Molitor was really good at the Brewers that time. Um, do you know, we struggled through a lot of years. We had a really good year in 92, so I would have been eight years old. And then they didn't really have another good year for like oh six oh seven. I it was a while. Like they sucked for a yeah. very long time. Remember we had, we had Prince Fielder. He was uh, Cecil yeah, Fielder's he was kid. Fun. He was you had real fat, but hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, Braun yeah, was, was on the team forever. Yeah, but that was kind of like Braun was like. I feel like when I kind of stopped watching, I feel like he might have started in, in the mid to late two thousands. Braun's yeah. a cheater though, right? Yeah, big cheater. Big but, cheater. They Most, all are in baseball. Give me oh, now it's okay. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying they, they were all cheating. I feel like even the cheaters should get in the freaking Hall of Fame. Even Mark McGuire? What do you mean even like Mark, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds? Like all those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's I think it's I kind. think we should allow it in baseball. I want well, I mean, juiced the, up yabos going everywhere. It's like they, they set it up so they uh I mean, they wanted him to cheat. MLB wanted him to cheat. They, that's why they yeah, had no rules test, about it. They could have tested them a lot harder. Yeah, yeah they, it was like kind of like pride. They turned up. They turned up. Pride, they wanted him to cheat. Right in the contracts, I heard it used to say like, "We won't test." Yeah, it definitely said that. And then they, they. I mean, I, I've had friends tell me that they would come up and say like, "Hey," they probably would have said this to me. They would have bullied me. They said, "Hey, yeah. you're looking kind of soft. You, you need anything? You need anything?" Like you're you're not looking you're not looking all that jacked. You you want something? Yeah, they want the freak shows. They want the Bob yeah. Saps. Yes. You remember that guy? 
That was yeah, yeah, of course. Mirko Krokop fight kicked him in the liver. I used to watch. I used to <laughs> right in the liver. Actually, it's funny. Ray Blake's brother Ryan worked at Flow for for a little bit, and, and we were buddies. And he he put. I never heard of Bob Sapp, and we would spend like a half hour just watching Bob Sapp fighting videos because he's so hilarious. He's just this giant person who basically had no fighting skills whatsoever. None. And um, he was he's so, a football player. Yeah, it was so funny though. We were just crack up watching watching. Bob but do you Sapp remember that one time? I mean, if we we're going to this conversation, yeah, we're in there. We don't talk about. He freaking powerbombed Minotauro. Do you remember this? No. Oh my God. Are you kidding? Can I? Can we pull up a YouTube video? Why not? Uh, can I send it, to Tyler? Are yeah, we gonna get I'll demonetized? Uh, I mean, what on the four dollars that this is gonna make on YouTube? I'm yeah. Saying, it, so <laughs> okay. Oh, so, hold on. I'll send this link to uh, Tyler right now. I'll put it in the doc. But yeah, he. Um, oh man, I got I got timestamp it and whatnot. Yeah, he freaking Noguera is obviously one of the, one of the best of all time. He freaking power bombs him. It was so ridiculous, and obviously, obviously, he ends up getting submitted. Well, I mean, the power bomb has been done before, especially in Pride. You see, Rampage knocked the hell out of somebody with a big power bomb. Oh God, it's so awful. Okay, it's that like <laughs> it's that like. 30 seconds, like he almost killed this guy. I'm going to put it in the chat so we can all, right. all watch it together. Nice. Right. Okay. I, we'll put watch, it, I put it in the chat. Watch some Bob Sapp footage. This is great. Oh, it's standing. And then Bob Sapp, uh, he, I think he was in maybe the first um, the first uh, 1FC event, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. this guy. He's so enormous. Okay, watch this. Oh, this is so my. terrible. This is oh, so no. terrible. This is not good. Is this? Do you think this is like this was? This rigged? is real. Oh my gosh. That's a. That's like a he tombstone like pile drives him. <laughs> yes. Watch this. Watch this. You power, said power bomb. Power bomb. He would land on his back. I know. This is. That's a tombstone. Oh, that's yeah. so awful. Look how his so neck bad. turns. Like oh god. Yeah, that's like, like the he Undertaker. literally almost paralyzed him. Oh, oh my gosh. Jesus! Right, and then he, he wins? almost got paralyzed. He yes, probably he lost. Was. He's a pretty terrible. Fighter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he no, lost. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I meant like, and then Nogueira wins. Correct. Yeah. After yeah. getting slammed like. All right. That. Here's the question. Here's the question everyone wants to know: Could you have beaten Bob Sapp in a fight? I got to assume. I mean, I got to assume I probably <laughs> got my ass kicked for a minute, and then um, I'm gonna find out his record. His record was really bad. It was a salty um, record. His record is 11, 20, and 0. So he has 11 wins. And I think the 11 wins out of them, I would guess um, the majority of them are Japanese guys where, like, you know there's that thing in Japan where they, it's like they get, they get a lot of respect for just taking an ass whooping. Yeah. Um, so they throw, like, the, the smaller Japanese guy in against Bob Sapp, and they got their ass whooped, and then it's like there's a lot of pride and respect that goes along with that. Okay, since you bring that up, the guy you had your last one fight against is going to do a grappling match against Gordon Ryan. That's a terrible idea. He's actually been uh, – Shinji Aoki's been on fire. He's won like four or five in a row. Well, he's about to I don't know why distinguished. He's... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not a fight, but yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, so I'm waiting back at Bob – how the hell we're talking about Bob Sapp's record? Most of his early fights um, were against Japanese guys, and he actually had a good record, but then he lost – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He lost 14, <laughs> 14 in a row. What? 
Uh, I love how they just keep giving them fights too, and then they kept, like I think it was like really good guys they kept giving them up because they were just like watch this smaller guy who's good just beat the hell out of this giant. I feel like we could up. we could get him to wrestle Gable Stevenson. I think he's just down to get paid a little bit of money. Oh, to you paid him he wrestle Gable. I'm in. Yeah, let's go Gable versus Bob Sapp. <laughs> That's awesome. It's not the most preposterous. I matchup. could sell that. Yeah, we could sell it. You know what yeah. we could do to make it even? We could make it um, just push out. The only thing we can score is push outs. Can't even get yeah. takedowns. He would, you're not even allowed to get takedowns? No, just push outs. <laughs> so you want them to sumo wrestle? So sumo, but even in sumo, you can yeah, take you, a guy down. Did you guys see that uh, video circulating on Instagram? It's like a much smaller sumo guy mm-hmm. going against much larger sumo guys, but he like... Gets in and gets mm. little quick heavyweight snatch singles, oh, and then boom, yeah. throws him out of bounds. And he's like whooping everybody's butt with wrestling. It's, it's awesome. Don't you feel like Gable could just be a sumo champion, like very easily? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Like Gable probably. could. He I could be. Could. What if he just became the most legendary sumo wrestler of all time? Like he My does WWE, like probably... that should be his next move. He's like goes WWE and then he just sumos. Becomes the great, the great more... Yokozuna. Is it more lucrative than WWE? I don't know. I have no idea. I'll tell you what, it's popular. more prestigious in Japan. Yeah, lots of prestige in it. Yeah, some some historic honor in uh Okay. I don't think he's gonna do that. I don't think he's probably. Gonna That's probably not a smart idea. It's it's you can't look swaggy in the. Uh, Sumo diaper. Don't it's challenge tough. me. <laughs> Don't challenge me, man. I might pull up in a sumo diaper, killing it. Gucci print. All right, let's go to <laughs> let's go to um, a couple questions, and then we'll have Ray on, and then we will uh, maybe finish with questions or not, and just the show will be over. But here's the first question: What does Ben think about Wade Chalice's claim as the father of funk wrestling? Um. I don't. I, I so obviously this video does not exist really from from the era, um, but he did make up a handful of things. I mean, notoriously the split old banana splits. I, I believe that was him. Um, I don't know exactly what else he made up, and it, again, there's not really any film of that happening. So, but yeah, I mean, he was definitely an innovator, kind of ahead of ahead of the curve there. Um, and for whatever reason, he was he you know he never really made it as a coach, and I think that probably. Um, that probably hurt the reputation a little bit. Like if he was able to get his style to play out with a bunch of athletes and they would have been really, really good. I mean, that's right. That's kind of what built the Gable mystique. I think if he would have been able to do that, then um, that would have helped that mystique grow for sure. Yeah. It says he's a Guinness book of world records holder. Do we know what that might be for? For what? For what? I don't know. That's why I kick. I was kicking <sighs> no it to idea. the crew. I don't know what he was in the Guinness book of world records for. Someone probably knows. Is somebody Googling it? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh, I can't be Bracky on the Google times. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he was a very, very early innovator. He was good. So he claims on his site on oh, wadechalice.com, which, as we know, is one of the best websites in the world. Um, <laughs> he's also in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most pins. And when he refereed, he was one of the highest rated officials in America. I don't <laughs> So, <laughs> he's claiming he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most pins. Oh. Well, I think he – so, he, I, I, I've i been over this before because this was something that was very um, – it was right on my radar. 
is him and him and Gene Mills go back and forth that, and they say the other ones aren't verified and they really have more. And so I don't even recall who's number one and number two right now, but they say, you know, officially I think Win Magazine lists them at 107 and 106, but they both have like taken stabs because the record, the record keeping at that point wasn't quite as good as it is now. Are you just saying that because you want to be number one? Oh well, I'm not close to them. They're they're clearly above me significantly, but I'm just saying that's what they say about each other. Cool. Well, hey, it sounds like uh, our guest, Coach Ray Blake, oh, yeah. is here. So let's bring him on if he's ready to go. Coach, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, actually, you know, it's a little bit earlier out here, so I rolled out of bed about an hour ago. But it was one of those things where I rolled out and was like. Was yesterday a dream? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I had to pinch myself and check my phone a few times to make sure it was real, but it was. It is real. It really happened. Coach Blake, um, so excited to have you on. Um, I'm, I'm so, I have so many questions about this entire scenario. Um, and we, we spoke yesterday and you, you had mentioned kind of you, you had never lost faith. When did you feel, at what point did you feel like, okay, the momentum is really kind of turning. This could, this could really happen. So today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. A week ago. <laughs> a, week a week ago. ago. So what happened? First time, in, it, I mean, well, I'd say from the get-go, you know, the original announcement came out in July 8th of last summer. So it had been 10 months and 10 days uh, from the time it started to the time it ended, at least uh, through the decision. And from the get-go, we, we decided, you know, Jason and Alex and I, within two minutes of hearing the announcement, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, we're going to fight this and we're going to win. Um, and we had, like, faith that we could and would eventually the entire time. But we were realistic and about the odds from the get-go, and we knew that they were against us, you know, the entire time. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where – there was no one thing that did this in the end, mm -hmm. you know, it was the result of just sustained pressure from so many people over such a long period of time. And, uh, you know, obviously Shane's NCAA tournament back in March just really shown a spotlight on the situation and created a little bit of a groundswell of momentum, you know, from our side. And uh, I could just feel in like the weeks uh, since the, the trustees had met at the end of April, um, we were kind of still like, didn't hear anything for a while. The trustees had a meeting, I think about three and a half weeks ago and we didn't hear anything for a while. And then about two weeks ago, we heard that they were actually, they were having conversations and they were actually having some dialogue about this and they're taking it seriously. And, um, just the signs started pointing in our way there, there was no one thing, but, you know, just being involved in it for so long, you kind of start to get a sense for, you know, how the these things operate, you know, how these decisions get made, you know, and, and, and how people communicate and just saw one thing after another, after another, after another. And it sounded like their president was really, really engaged and, um, and, and maybe was just kind of working through some kinks on his end to allow it to happen in the end. And, and uh, yeah, it was about a week ago was the first time I was like, actually, I think this is going to happen now. I think that, I think momentum is in our favor and, um, and that just kind of snowballed and, and it led to the announcement yesterday. So take us through kind of the, the different steps you guys took from July 8th to basically this point that you think helped, you know, save Stanford and, and Stanford Wrestling and the other programs. Like what were the, what were the main tentpole things that you guys did that you think had 
big impact? Oh man, there there was there were thousands of things that happened that led to this. Um, probably hundreds of things that were essential, you know. Uh, but I think one of the best things we did right away was we got organized. Uh, when we when the the announcement came down, we were committed, but we were naive. We had no idea what it took, you know, to, what it would take to get this overturned. Um, and but one thing we did know was that we didn't have the capacity to do it ourselves. So uh, luckily, we uh, were able to you know reach out to a bunch of people in our community, the Stanford wrestling community and the wrestling community in general. And we got organized with you know with a Keep Stanford Wrestling advisory board, and we. Uh, you kind of split up that advisory board into different committees to kind of tackle different issues. And, um, and the best thing we did was we uh, anointed the three co-chairs to the Keep Stanford Wrestling Board um, alumni, Robert Hada, Patricia Miranda, and Sean Harmon. And they took the reins and, and really kind of ran with this. And this, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't an accident. You know, we met, we had Zoom meetings twice a week for 10 months. Um, uh, on top of all the other meetings and, and conversations we were having along the way. But I think everything was necessary. You know, we, we took the decision and the announcement on its face, you know, to begin with. You know, we did about a month's worth of intel, and then, you know, they, we said, well, if it's finances and competitive excellence, which is what it's leading back to, we're going we're gonna to fundraise a bunch of money. We're going to collect a bunch of pledges. We're going to show the university that we can endow our program. We can... Um, we can come up with solutions to Title IX compliance, you know, through women's wrestling and everything to, uh, to really answer their questions and, and, and solve their problem. Well, after we did that the right way, it was, it was clear that that wasn't really leading anywhere. So then we had to, have, you know, have conversations with people. We had to go meet with our athletic director. And, and when it didn't seem like it was, uh, we were going to get very far with him, we had to meet with other people, you know, trustees, the provost, uh, eventually the president. All those things were necessary. Uh, all those things were necessary. And then, obviously, the one thing we were really struggling with was, you know, people weren't really paying attention as much to our situation uh -huh. uh, for the first, you know, eight months or so because we were in the middle of a pandemic and there were more important things going on, you know, right. and we understood. And, uh, and, and, and when Shane... You know, one NCAA's on ESPN in a black singlet, and you know our, our co-chairs were feeding the ESPN announcers talking points between the rounds, and they did a fantastic job of kind of getting our message out. Um, it just created a lot of momentum and, and on our side, and then and it also inspired uh, ten other teams at, at Stanford. You know, the other cut programs, and and actually the the twenty five that were kept as well, and. Uh, in the spring quarter here, you know, which was right after NCAA's, that was the first time students were allowed back at, uh, on campus here at Stanford this year. And uh, you saw a lot of kind of student activism and people wearing the Keep Stanford Wrestling and Save Stanford Men's Volleyball sweatshirts, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and it just led to where we are today. Yeah. Um, how tough was it with the changing sort of like in a wrestling match, like you can watch a match, you can kind of figure out why you lost and what you need to do to get better. But with this, it's the the goalposts kept moving with them. So how do you know? How do you know how to attack? How do you know which to approach? Because if you knew, hey, it's about money. All right, cool. We'll just raise a bunch of money. Or it's about this. Okay, we'll do that. How tough was it to navigate? And what was the actual reason? What? Why did they cut Stanford wrestling? So I still can't answer that last question perfectly. Oh, um, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, 
it, we, it's all conjecture to, to, um, right. at some point. You know? um, but in terms of how to how we approached it, you know, it's just like a wrestling match, though. You know, in a wrestling match, you may go out with, you know, a certain plan. I'm going to, you know, get to my best attacks here and there. But, you know, your opponent sh- shuts them down, you know, and you have to you have to go to your number two, your number three. You need to feel it out. You need to make a new plan, you know, during the match. And that was constantly happening on our side throughout the last 10 months. Um, and, and you know, we, we had played around with all the different scenarios and what it could be. Was it about admission spots? Was it about money? Yeah, I, we didn't think it really was, you know. Um, really, I think it was it was a number of things in the end. I think I don't think there was one thing that was holding us back. I think um, it was a combination of, of maybe things that athletic administrator want administration wanted and, and was, was, was more in line with their vision for the future of Stanford athletics at that time, um, combined with maybe leadership at that time that wasn't as, you know, educated on the value of athletics through education, you know, and maybe saw that, you know, less student athletes at Stanford could be a good thing. And, um, I think that there were, they saw a lot through this, through this process. Cause remember, as, as tough as it's it's been and as frustrated as, as we've been, you know, with our administration here at Stanford over the last 10 months. And I'll tell you what, if, if, you, if I did this interview two days ago, I'd probably be given much different responses because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a different state of mind. But but it, they did. They didn't have to change the decision. You know, right. um, they didn't have to. And and. Our, ultimately, our president and our board of trustees, they, they took a look at it and they decided that Stanford was better off with the student athletes. So how do you, you know, reconcile or how do you kind of process your your next steps um, and, and really the teams, but maybe just focus on you guys and the current staff, Coach Tirapelli and Coach McCoy's there. Um, you know, you just had this big fight basically against your bosses. Yeah. Right. And the institution and you're wearing mm. black things that you don't, yeah. there's no Stanford branding. Even right now, there's nothing Stanford on you that you guys were in the corner. <laughs> he wore a black singlet. He so only I, owns black shirts right now. Christian. He only owns That's black it. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you reconcile? Like, okay, what, what do I do next? Do I now want to work here? Do I want, I mean, you brought it back. You did the thing. So now what's next? And, and how do you kind of reconcile that, all that stuff? Yeah. So first off, I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, I've had that question a lot. You know, what do you, what's your plan next? Um, and, and even before the, the decision was coming up, you know, what, what's your plan moving forward? And I've had to do some parallel planning, you know, over the last couple of months. And I actually didn't plan my next steps at all um, prior to, you know, the NCAA tournament. And I, my wife was getting pretty frustrated with me about that. Um, but I, I just told her, hey, you know, I'm focused on the guys. I'm focused on the team, you know, this season, getting through it, pouring my heart into it, you know, and I promise I'll, I'll start looking at that stuff afterwards. And, and then, and then Shane won and, and things got even busier for us. And I didn't do a great job of that either. And she was really frustrated as well. Um, but you know, I, I've just been focused on, on the task at hand. Um, and we, we got a huge W yesterday. We got a huge W. Um, and, and now, uh, looking forward, I don't know what the future holds and, and, um, to be honest, I haven't had a conversation with our athletic director yet. Uh, yesterday, you know, we got the announcement um, over Zoom, and he uh, had an extremely long day. And we're our sport administrator right now. Our sport administrator, um, who had been working with wrestling this past year, 
he moved on to another um, area of the university out of athletics. So um, I don't have a lot of, you know, um, interface with our administration and, and haven't over the last 24 hours. But Alex and I, Alex Tirapelli, our other coach, um, we have a meeting with our athletic director today at, at noon uh, Pacific. So we expect to get a lot more answers and, and really figure out what his intentions are with, you know, our current coaching staff. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, in terms of my desire, um, again, if you ask me uh, a couple of days ago, maybe it would be a little bit different, but I don't think it would. You know, I, I just, you know, I, it, regardless of whatever feelings I've had towards, you know, um, Stanford University uh, over these last 10 months, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I, I love our guys, you know, I love our program. I love our alumni. I'm extremely passionate about it. You know, we talked about everything we did this year was for the family. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've been Stanford wrestling through and through. I've been a part of the program for the past two decades. So, um, I, I think, you know, one, if, if I'm retained, if there's a desire to retain, um, Alex and I from our administration's end, uh, you know, we have two choices. Are we going to be confrontational and potentially lead to a lead to a situation where we're maybe here again in a few years, or are we going to try to work with them? You know, we, we've obviously, you know, we we've learned a lot of lessons, and I think we've gotten a lot wiser and a lot less naive, you know, over the last ten months. Um, and so, you know, our guards are up for sure. But you know, at the end of the day, if we if we are a part of the program and and we are committed to helping the program, you know, reach not just the level it was at before, but but even higher, you know, where goals are, we're going to have to be able to work with our administration. Um, and and so, you know, I'm committed to doing whatever that takes if, if that ends up being the route that they choose to go. Looking looking back at the what led to the decision, are there things you wish uh, a couple of years out or a year out you had said, if we had done this, maybe wouldn't have been in this position? Um, it, do you think there was a thing? Fully endowed our program. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know what else we could have done. You know, it, this wasn't a situation where, you know, um, our guys were getting trouble on campus. You know, they were getting arrested or anything like that. You know, where our coaching staff was, you know, rubbing people the wrong way within administration. There was, none of that was there. Um, you know, our, our team is as as much success as we were starting to have on the mats, you know, we were also equally as successful off the mats. You know, we had won, um, we had we had gotten like NCAA APR recognition awards for like top academic performance in the country the last nine consecutive years. You know, our guys were we had like a three point four five team GPA. You know, everyone we were pillars in the community. There was there was nothing we did. I I feel like that that soured our reputation in the community. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we're just one of those sports that, you know, maybe doesn't bring in as um, as high of a revenue stream as other sports. And, uh, and, and we weren't fully endowed and it did cost some money to keep us. And, and maybe we're seen as a little bit of a, you know, we were seen as expendable. And, and I think, you know, moving forward, you know, when the decision came out yesterday, um, we can get into that if you want, but like, the university they did accept like the 36 sports strong fundraising proposal which is each sport to set up its own separate um escrow account to to create an endowment uh, where its alumni and supporters can can work to endow that sport individually you know if, if anything ever happens to the program everyone gets their money back right um but 
we're not, we're, the university is going to set that up and that's going to be more the fundraising model for Stanford athletics moving forward. Uh, but we're not on like a time window where, you know, we have to endow our program within mm-hmm. three to five years or anything like that. The university has said, we're going to support all these uh, programs, all 36 into perpetuity, uh, but we're going to be encouraging them to endow. And, uh, you know, we collected $12.5 million in pledges, you know, in, in three months back at, last fall. And we're going to we're going to get that, you know, we're, we're going to work to make sure that our pro, our program is absolutely bulletproof moving forward. That's, that's well, hey, so I guess I want to ask something off that. And it was and maybe I missed something. But uh, one of the things that was most puzzling to me for uh, is they said, you know, we're cutting these 11 sports. And it was like when wrestling had clearly raised enough money to save their own program. It was like, no, you need enough money to save all of the programs. And so, you know, when we're talking about your your program. It was always so weird that they were all tied together. Was there ever a reasoning why all 11 were so tied together and why they couldn't have said, nah, you guys did a great job. You raised enough money. You know, we're going to bring wrestling back, but not maybe this other one. Um, was there reasoning ever given for that or good reasoning? Yeah, there was reasoning given. Um, we didn't feel it was super strong. Uh, they had essentially um, put it back on, you know, well, if you are able to endow wrestling and – perhaps another women's sport or, or, or women's wrestling. And, and, and the, the, the response we got on women's wrestling at the get go was from the get go was just, you know, that sounds great, but we, the optics of adding a, a women's sport in, in the face of just dropping, you know, um, 11 and, and, and six women's sports that doesn't look good. And so that's not something that we're going to have an appetite for right now. Um, but they essentially said that, you know, in getting to their, to their decision and, and which sports to initially um, cut, uh, there was, you know, this puzzle uh, that of, of things that they had to piece together. And it would have been a, a lot of work to try to undo that puzzle and, and just bring back one or two or three sports and, mm-hmm. and create a new puzzle. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of in a nutshell what it kept going back to. Um, we didn't feel that was super strong. Our athletic director, he did tell us, you know, if you were able to raise enough to endow your sport and endow a woman's sport, you know, that would at least be enough to have a conversation with the board of trustees. But um, I can't promise anything and kind of left it at, you know, it's not going to happen if, if you do that. Hmm. So looking at the at the team now, you know, we, t- we touched a little bit on you and it's it's, you know, Kind of sounds like it's up in there, and you'll learn a lot with your meeting with the AD today. But what mm-hmm. what is the team thinking? What are the guys? I mean, you've got you know basically the whole team's in the portal. Uh, a lot of them are really really good, and would like. There's a lot of teams that would love to have them on their team. What do you think happens with uh, with Shane, with Real, with Jaden, etc.? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so one, it's it's not as bad as maybe some people from the outside who haven't been paying as close attention to the situation um, might think. We do have a lot of guys in the portal. I, I off the top of my head, I don't know many. Maybe it's half. Um, but uh, a lot of those guys had already gotten to points where they had either you know lined up what they wanted to do next, and were kind of just waiting on the announcement to see kind of which way it swung, um, or. Uh, or we're just starting the process. You know, we had some young guys that back in the fall said, you know, I'm not, I'm not transferring. We're going to win this. So I don't want to go in the portal. Um, and then, and then as things like kind of unfolded, you know, especially after the NCAA tournament, they were like, well, 
you know, I, I still want to wrestle. And so, so I'm going to explore it. And they hadn't got that far in. Um, where we are with it, we do it, you know, the team's attitude, guys are excited. Guys are so happy. You know, yesterday um, when the announcement came out, we jumped on a team Zoom right, right there and everyone was hooting and hollering. And, and practice yesterday was the most <laughs> – we had the most energy and we, we played a 20 minute handball game and there were probably, you know, there, there were many near injuries in that because the guys were so pumped up. Um, and, and you got to remember this, the guys worked for this for so long. You know, we, yeah. we, we you yeah. know, told you that coaches decided within two minutes that we were going to fight this and we were going to win. But right after that, we got on a call with the team and they all bought in like right away. You know, guys did get in the yep. portal because you know, we had to be smart. We had to line up our next options. We knew the odds, right? And and we told the guys from the get-go, like, listen, we're going to do right by you. You have to trust in us. Like, we want the best for you. The, what, what saved us was that we got the extra year. They said we had the extra season, right? And and if they didn't say that, we probably would have had everyone jumping in the portal right away and moving on. Um, but in having that extra year, that allowed them to all stay together to train, you know, to have – to work together as a team, not only on the mats, but to work to keep the program off the net. And they did that. And and while they were doing that, you know, we were smart and they they got in the portal. They started talking to coaches. They started lining up their, uh, their options. And and I think that they all kept those open. And uh, yesterday, you know, at, at practice, uh, we we talked a little bit about the decision and kind of where we are now and, and, and what it's like moving forward. And, you know, one of the guys asked about recruiting and, and what our plans are with that. <laughs> And you know we we're like, well, honestly, we haven't we haven't looked at at recruiting so much um, because we haven't been interested in it in the last you know year. Uh, we haven't been able to do it. But our first goal is to you know recruit our current team. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it, it's an awkward situation to be in, you know. Um, but what we told our guys at the beginning uh, still holds true today. And you know, and I, I told Shane and and the full real and and a lot of these guys that listen if. If, you know, we start getting answers from the administration and, and I don't feel that Stanford is the best place for you, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell you, you know, and I'm going to tell you what I think is your best option. You know, like my allegiance is to you um, and, and Stanford wrestling will, will, you know, it'll, it'll continue. It'll endure. And whatever hits we take in the short term, um, you know, we'll recover from those uh, and, and, and in the end of the day, it's just a giant W for wrestling. Um, what we would love to do from, for our program is, is minimize, you know, whatever, you know, recovery period we need from, you know, the hits that we've taken this year, which are, you know, the loss of a coach, you know, Jason Bradley's mm -hmm. moved on um, and, and also an, a, an entire lost recruiting class. So we're going to be a little bit thin on depth, you know, moving forward. Um, but whatever hits we take, we'll be okay. You know, we're going to be all right. Um, our guys are going to, we're going to advise them in the way that's best for each of them. Um, and if it ends up being at Stanford, you know, great. And, and, and I'll tell you what, every single one of them has expressed in it a desire to stay at Stanford. Um, but, you know, now they do have other options and we got to take a look at, you know, what does our training situation look like for each of you? What does, what does your academic plan look like? You know, because mm -hmm. Shane and real and those guys, they had accelerated their degree progress to where, you know, they're ready to graduate next quarter, you know, at the end of the summer, or at the end of the fall. And so now, they've each got three years of eligibility still remaining. We got to figure out what it would look like for them to be able to stretch out their undergrad a little bit. And then also, you know, get into a master's program and stretch that out and be able to, you know, have that work out for three years of eligibility, you know, and also financially and all that stuff. 
but you know, if anything, as, as this this past year has taught me, it's it's that <laughs> we can figure it out. We'll do whatever it takes. Um, and uh, and if 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 Stanford is the place that's best for them, um, and I know there's a desire from them to be here, you know, then they'll be here. Um, but uh, we'll we'll get those answers, I think, in the coming weeks. Yeah. Speaking of of figuring it out, g- give us like the uh, the pie chart breakdown of basically your season start from January on how much time were you spent being the wrestling coach? How much time were you spent being the guy, one of the people trying to save the program? Like how are you, how, how did that work? Man, I'm tired. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, Really tired. Uh, You know, there, there was, there were, there were things that the program status added to our plates. Um, but there were some things that got taken off our plates. Like I mentioned, I, I haven't recruited since July. Um, getting back into that's going to be a little bit different. Um, if, you know, if that's, if, if I, if they continue to keep me here. Um, but I, you know, there have over the past 10 months, the only thing that has felt normal, the only thing that has felt normal, um, from like, you know, our, our, my, my experience with Stanford has been the time in the wrestling room with the guys. You know, uh, everything on the outside has been different. Um, it's felt different. Uh, it's created a lot of stress um, and lost a lot of sleep. And I've aged quite a bit <laughs> in the past 10 months. <laughs> but uh, when we've been in the room with the guys, you know, those that, you know, two hours a day or whatever, um, that's felt totally normal. And we've been able to focus on that. And, and, Unfortunately, we were, you know, able to have a, a successful NCAA tournament, and, and I think, you know, the program status, you know, from the get-go, we we kind of made it a goal as coaches not to let that affect, you know, the team, you know, in in terms of, you know, the training in the room, you know, and the focus on competition. And I think we did that as, as best as we could, and and honestly, you know, since since you know this spring has started. Almost every day after practice, we've talked about, you know, keep Stanford wrestling and status and updates and all that stuff, you know, but from November, you know, when we got back on campus through March, we almost never talked about it, you know, with the guys in the room. Very, very, very rarely. Um, But outside of the room, there there hasn't been five or 10 minutes of any day that's gone by that hasn't been on my mind. Um, and so it's, it's, um, it's been something we were working tirelessly, tirelessly for and, and something I'm honestly really relieved, um, is behind us. But, uh, you know, it's also one of those things where, you know, if, if the decision had come out and it was, it was the opposite, um, and, and the, the university decided to stay the course, uh, while disappointing it's in, 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 while we would have continued to fight it, you know, the, the battle just would have shifted, you know, it's the, the, the kind of the arena, um, in some ways that would have been easier. You know, we were, we were kind of, we are already parallel planning, you know, we already kind of knew, you know, for a lot of people, you know, what maybe our next steps might be. And, and I knew that, you know, if the decision stayed the same, you know, I was going to have to leave, you know, in, in a month and a half, you know, and, and, and move on to a new chapter. Um, but now with it being as, as it is, and, and then reversing the decision as tired as, as we are, you know, there's, there's, there's so much more work to be done. Um, and there's a new phase, you know, that we have, and, and that's, you know, really like I talked about retaining the team and recruiting and, and rebuilding and training and, and, and building up our endowment and fundraising and all these things and getting a lot of questions answered, um, and, and figuring out what our summer training looks like, you know, which we hadn't. We hadn't totally planned, right? So <laughs> there's a lot of things ahead of us, but I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be more happy to have to to have potentially the opportunity to tackle those, you know. 
So are y'all back in the room? When, when did y'all get back in yeah. the room? Because yeah. y'all were training. When were you training outside? Oh, yeah. Um, from uh, November, around Thanksgiving, was when you know we got back to campus in, in early November to train. We had to do about a week of, of onboarding with COVID protocols and such. So we were able to train in the room starting mid-November. About two weeks after that, you know, the counting guidelines changed here in Northern California. So we couldn't do in, uh, indoor contact activity. We also couldn't do outdoor contact activity unless it was with members of your own household. So we had the guys living, you know, by weight class in groups of six. And we brought four mats outside. We brought four mats outside. We had groups of six training on each mat. You know, they were all they were all separated by about ten or fifteen feet in between. There was no inner, you know, guys were you know, our one forty one pounder wasn't able to train with our one forty nine pounder all season, right? Because you know, we had twenty five wow. to forty one on one mat, right? And so on and so forth. But we trained outside um, from November until late January uh, when we left uh, to go on a 15-day road trip um, wow. to, to essentially complete our season, which was eight duels over in four states, you know, over 15 days. And then we, we, on the third day that we left to go on our road trip, um, we got word that the county guidelines had shifted. So um, when we returned in early February, we were able to get back into the room. Man, well, that's yeah. plenty of time. You almost had a month of normal training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, stupid question. So training outside, I don't know, that sounds kind of fun, you know, temperate climates in California. What was the unexpected best thing about training outside and unexpected worst thing about training outside? Um, the best thing was that it actually was kind of fun at times, you know, like yeah. we, were, we were training outside on our, our field hockey field and, you know, there were palm trees around us and from November, from late November to you know the beginning of January, um, we were practicing at one o'clock in the afternoon because the guys weren't in class. You know they were in winter break at the time, so we could practice at any time. And so um, when the sun was out, you know it was actually it was actually it, it did get hot when the sun was out, but like it was kind of a cool environment, you know. And it was there was also this feeling of like you know like this is actually kind of cool what we're doing. You know we're figuring out, we're improvising. You know we're doing whatever it mm -hmm. takes. You know. Um, the worst thing was that the weather was unpredictable. It was uncontrollable. Um, and, and there were times, you know, it rained on us and we had to, you know, literally get off the mats and tarp the mats and, and go home, you know, or go on a run or something like that. And, and then, and then, uh, when classes started back up in, in January, we couldn't practice at one o'clock anymore. So we yeah. had to shift our practice times to, uh, four 30, we had to go at four and, and, and five 15. And, you know, we had to split up the team into two groups. You know, we had to do two practices. And we also had to change to a different spot um, that it was a, there was a covered area by our football field uh, that, you know, would protect us from the rain. But since we were practicing, you know, from 4 to essentially 6.30 with the, the two groups, it was dark. You know, it was in the middle yeah. of winter. So we're practicing in the dark and we had lights, but it was cold. And we would bring in, oh, bring in four spaces. We had four space heaters at each corner of the mats that were just blowing heat on the mats. And and honestly, the space heaters made no difference. But I think <laughs> I was about like, to say. <laughs> oh my God. So, and, and even that, though, you know, I talked about like, the, the, you know, it was cool. We were figuring it out. Even then, it was like, you know, we're, we're outside, you know, we're in the cold, we're in the dark. You know, the guys are all bundled up in sweats every practice. But like, 
we're wrestlers. We're going to, we're going to improvise. We're going to make it work, you know? And, and that was kind of like yeah. one of the themes of our entire season was whatever it takes, you know? And, and we, we, we all had this feeling of, you know, like we kind of knew that what we were doing, you know, throughout the entire year was special, you know? And, and, and even if, you know, even if it didn't lead to a reversal of the decision, you know, we were going to have this experience, you know, that was going to bond us forever. And, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Thinking about, what what griffith was able to do and given those circumstances it, after pack 12s he loses to valencia how how tough is it, it for you guys to be like he can still do it he can still win it um because here was my thing it's like clearly the training situation was not ideal i mean you, we saw real woods performance at pack 12s we're like this is not the same guy they're just not they just haven't been able to do the full wrestling training thing for him to be able to turn it around and just look amazing all NCAAs long and without a shadow of a doubt prove he was the best guy at 165, how, be honest, surprising was that for you? Or maybe not at all. It wasn't surprising, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my, my friends uh, texted me uh, about a week before the NCAA tournament because, you know, guys do like those NCAA pools and fantasy teams and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, he uh -huh. said, you know, can Shane win, can Shane win in NCAAs? And I responded, of course. And then I followed up with, if he wants to. Um, because <laughs> if you know Shane, like, and, and, that's, and this, but let me get into this the first before I say this fantastic competitors at 165 you know this is no disrespect to anyone else um but you know we just being around shane for for so long for three years he's just one of those guys that you just have confidence in um and and he's one of those guys that is it's weird he can turn it on and he can turn it off if you see him if you see him practice in the wrestling room you would never think like oh this guy this guy is the guy you want on your team you know he's one of those guys that kind of he rolls around, he lets guys get in, get in on positions, you know, he feels them out, you know, he goes through his back a bunch, he figures things out. He kind of operates at like 70% all the time, unless, unless he needs to win, you know, and then when it's time to win, he goes to hundred percent and he wins. Um, and uh, going into NCAAs, it was, it was just one of those things where, you know, you, you never, I couldn't, I can't, I can't say that I would have said, oh, Shane's going to win the national tournament. You know, there, there are just too many things that have to go your way for that to happen. But, you know, going into any one individual match, I would have been really confident in Shane, you know, and I, I would have bet on him just, and that's, that's admittedly my own bias coming in. You know, I, I'm one of his coaches and, and I see him every day in the room and I just, he's one of those guys that's so easy to believe in. Um, but, but what he did, while, it, you know, we're, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and uh, it, it is one of those things that, you know, you couldn't have bet. You, you couldn't have known the odds were in favor of it happening going in. But um, I'm not surprised just because I believe in Shane and, and I know him. And, and he's, he's going to he's, – he's, he's just a winner. He's, he's, I'll tell you what, the, the, the most competitive he gets outside of like, you know, wrestling matches at, at the end of matches when, you know, he's in a tough situation or he needs to go get a major or whatever, you see him turn it and shift it to another gear. The most competitive you'll, you'll ever see him besides that is, is pre-practice handball. Um, oh, yeah. He's a, he's <laughs> a machine. And when you see Shane go into Shane Griffith mode, like if you see him in handball, you know that he's capable of anything. My gosh. Sounds scary. I don't want to play against him. 
Uh, well, man, it's it's we'll such get a one one mixtape sometime of his highlights. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put a tape together. I, I want to see it. Um, well, man, this has been it's been cool talking. We were talking about uh, uh, we were talking about Bob Sapp before this, and your brother Ryan put oh, yeah. put me on to Bob Sapp. You you guys ever watched some Bob? Oh, Sapp for real? Together? Yeah, I said that before. No. Ray, Ray, your brother Ryan, he turned me on to uh, Bob Sapp, and we watched it. He's like the worst <laughs> MMA fighter ever, but he's just this gigantic person. <laughs> Who just goes out and gets destroyed? So ask ask Ryan uh, about uh, about Bob Sapp because that was some good times. So, awesome. Well, Ryan, hey, by the way, yeah, well, Ryan Ryan was really instrumental in the Keep Stand for Wrestling stuff. Um, he did. I, I don't know if you like. We had a lot of like videos and stuff that came out through, throughout the year. He he did all of that. He did the Real Woods documentary. He did. He's he's done all of our stuff. He's been he's been. I've, I got to thank him while I'm on the air right now. Nice. Well, yeah. Ryan is the man. We were good buddies when he worked here, and uh, now he's uh, he's killing it. He's married, got a kid, whole whole deal. He's all grown up on us, Ray. He's not my little brother anymore. He's just my brother. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, man, um, we'll keep us posted. Uh, good luck with the meeting today. Um, obviously, wherever you wind up, whether it's Stanford or otherwise, um, that that organiz- that team will get a good one with you. So. We know you'll you'll be just fine, and congrats, and enjoy the enjoy the enjoy the moment and the win. Will do, and, and just yeah, one more just thank you to the entire wrestling community, and and you know, in Flow Wrestling, you guys did a great job of of getting our messaging out at times, and and this this effort and this result, it, it truly was a community effort, and there's no way uh, that we would be where we are today without the support of the entire wrestling community. You know, we banded together with the alumni and student athletes of the other 10 sports um, here at Stanford, but the wrestling community really, they really hounded. Uh, they really, they, they kept the pressure on throughout. Um, if you see any, you know, go Stanford posts on any social media outlet, it's filled with Keith Stanford wrestling hashtags. And there's no doubt that that made, it made a, um, an impact in the decision. Heck yeah. Well, that's great to hear. We're happy to have a very small part of it. And uh, thanks to you and your guys for, for making it happen. The whole wrestling community is pumped and excited. It is a win for wrestling, as you said. So, Coach Blake, thanks so much. Thanks for getting up early. And uh, best of luck. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Oh, man. I forgot to ask him. Uh, uh, Uh-oh. I, I wanted to... You know, they've got, a, they've got a decent heavyweight coach there from Long Island. But I thought... They could get they could get a true Long Island hand fighting machine if they had Kerry oh, McCoy God. and Alia Stone Long Island because you know Kerry he was like you know he took a lot of shots he was a little more quote yeah, he was unquote, a little too a little, a little offensive mm-hmm. <laughs> well uh, I don't like the implications you're giving there he was definitely offensive but it kind well, of I put in qu- I put in air quotes that Ollie. you're saying the other I'm not offensive no I'll offend you with my hand fighting. All right, Ollie, I'm trying to lay it up for you. No, but you're right. You're right. Um, you know what? They're doing great things over there, and I, I would. How could I not go help them out? Yeah. You know, I would definitely adjust my fees. You know, Ben Askren, the fees still apply for you, but uh, I think I could definitely go and create something over there. Yeah, and I think I think it's important for you to understand. I don't think Coach McCoy is going to ask for your help. He, it's just you know there's there's so much pride people there. People have You've different got ways of asking for help, right? You know, so it, he may do one thing, but really it's a cry for help. Ali, teach my guys how to hand fight. You I know? Th- I think I <laughs> think you just need to. What I would do, 
Mm-hmm. I would just draft an email or a text message and, and let them know, hey, give them the finer pointers of Hanfi. Just give them a little taste of what you're going to bring to the program. And uh, You got his number? I can get his number. I'll give him a call. Give him a call. <laughs> I'll give him a call. FaceTime. First time meeting somebody, call him on FaceTime. <laughs> it's the, the only way you can get a real first impression. You get him going right there. and. Have you ever uh, actually done that? No, I'm not a sicko. <laughs> I don't even like when people call me without knowing me. Yeah. I actually like, listen, on FaceTime, I, I like using FaceTime for serious meetings more because I just feel like when people are on the phone phone, there's a level of distraction that they have. And when you can look at somebody, uh, that you, you can get a little more focused and uh, you know get things done a little quicker and uh, more efficiently. And if the feds are listening, you can just do hand signals for certain things, and mm-hmm. then they're going to need the video feed to really <laughs> get you in the court. Feds are for always anything. listening, and they are always watching. listening. I know you got some backdoor, side door. Uh, I've crypto got no deals. side door. Yeah, yeah, no you got some door. side door crypto deals going down. I know about you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a side door type of guy. Okay, uh, Bracky's got a question. Yeah, ready to while go. we're on the topic, kind of about Ollie and wrestling. Um, my name is Jeff. Asked a good question yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, Mark Bader challenged Spade to some hand fighting during senior nationals, which Spade declined. Will Ollie take on that challenge? And where can we see it? I will take on any, as I said, any hand fighting challenge. Wow. Even Bader? Oh, even when he goes psycho mode? You don't want nothing of Bader. You don't want I'll any hand fight Donnie Bader. Thornberry. He's going to whoop your ass. <laughs> I'll hand fight Donnie. Why is he called Bader Donnie? What's this? I don't get this. Well, you've probably never seen the cartoon. It's from a cartoon. It's from the Wild Thornberry. Yeah, if we get a clip of Donnie Thornberry going, (laughs) it's exactly how Bader calls (laughs) the most exciting matches. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to send this picture to Tyler. Tyler definitely watched the Wild Thornberry. Tyler knows what I'm talking about. I mean, any 90s, early 1000s type of kid who is... uh, Excited to get home, eat some pizza bagels, and watch some cartoons. Knows oh about gosh. the Thornberries. You are truly a heavyweight legend, Ollie, for that reference. Um, pizza bagel? Yeah, that's that's there Bader. He is. There's Bader. There's Bader. <laughs> Donnie Thornberry. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Licking his feet. I've seen Bader do that too. Bader, yeah, Bader. I shared a, when I shared a room with him in Pittsburgh. I did, I walked into the. Room I can't wait till he bring, he brings the heat on you. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm ready heat for the heat. You. I'm ready for the heat. People bring the heat all the time. Can't okay, so we got this game. We got this game we play, Ollie, and so this is gonna be the Who's official we? game that you and Bader play. Uh at AWA. Um, okay. all, all of them. Awa. So it's called it's called the lava game, and it's more just you know focused on hand fighting, but you also need to keep position. So there's only two ways to score points. Okay. You pick one of their legs up, you know, like so be like a snatch. Uh-huh. Or you make something besides the bottom of their shoe touch the mat. So you snap them down, their hand, their head, their okay. elbow, their knee, whatever, right? And uh, and you go. So I think you and Bader, 10-minute lava game, and we go live on flow. What do you think? I'm down. All right, let's I'm do in. It. No okay. way I lose. Wow. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way I lose. I think, uh, I think. I think Bader might be the favorite. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I lose. What am I going to say? Are you, he's going to beat me here in, on public? No way. I might lose. But there's no way I lose. <laughs> what if you lose? I mean, you might lose some of your camp opportunities. Right? Yeah. Ben was going to bring you in for a couple weeks. I don't live life ducking because of, like, opportunities I may lose. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't think like that. Wow. You know, I think, like, 
when you guys see me hand fight and pummel this man to the mat with strong collar ties, that there's not going to be a, a team in the country that doesn't want to bring me in. So that's okay. how I feel. All right, that's great. Ben I'm might so not be able to, to watch afford you. With when Bitcoin we broadcast crashes. Yeah, that's a good question. Could Ben even afford you now with Bitcoin plummeting through um, the through the it basement? Depends on how how bad he beats up Mark Bader? Because if you know he beats him up, then then his rates go up. So hey, uh, maybe like on tomorrow's show, last ten minutes. What do you guys say? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, right. where are we setting it up? Bader's out of town. Oh, Bader is out of town. Oh, how convenient for him and the town. <laughs> in the town it is it is most uh, convenient for them um i think uh oh yeah someone asked if we're gonna have coverage of of usa wrestling camp perfect segue that's where bader is bader and andy oh. hamilton are headed to atlanta um potentially as we speak i think bader's flight may be a little bit later he I might, think he might be there. I think he's there because he was tweeting about destroying hotel yes, rooms. Yes, I was just going to say the same thing. He said, uh, I don't know if it's impressive or embarrassing how I can make a hotel room look like a tornado's run through it. You know like who it, freaking could, could tornado a t hotel room in yeah. literally, I mean, record. it's like we just checked in. Nomad. Yeah. Nomad. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bracky, and I was going to say I'm kind of no, surprised. No, Bracky's pretty neat. Grown up about Holmes, it. No, is Holmes is definitely the neatest person I've traveled with. I yeah. unpack. I use the drawers. He might even. I do too. I unpack. And Katie always gets on me for. Uh, you use the, the drawers? Listen, what? Yeah. Because here, here's what happens. Okay, I, hold on, hold on. No, I got to ask a question. Uh, is this on every stay at a hotel or is this like maybe if you're there for like a week okay use the drawers but what if you're there for like 48 hours or 28 more than more hours? than one day more than one if it's if i'm just there for the night i don't do it more than one day i do it here's the reason why people are like just uh go out of the, your suitcase it'll be easier that way okay when i do that now everything gets messed up mm -hmm. in the suitcase when i go looking for my mm -hmm. clothes and then it's like well, I have to fold all of this and put it back now anyway. But if I take it out neatly and put it in the drawers, I can pick exactly what I want, no problem. My outfits get fresh, you know me. And then when it's done, it goes in. It's still already folded. I just put it right back in the way it is. Yeah. A lot easier than doing the pick in. You're looking through each thing of clothes. This thing gets unfolded, gets ruined, boom. No, much easier. Put it in and then put it back. <laughs> Ollie, you're a genius. And that's exactly why I do it. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I had, I had the feeling, so I wanted to make sure I said it first. And that's often why I do it. So sorry for cutting anybody off, but no. I, I wanted that. that you have connection. a mic for a reason, sir. It's right here. Folding clothes is for losers. Two. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. You yes. fold your clothes. What are you talking no, about? No, I don't. You think I fold my clothes? You just cram them in a bag? Yeah. Like a savage? I just like put them in half and throw them in there. Yeah. Put them in half. That's folding. I'm going to. No. Like, well, no, no, no. No. Ollie, like. Yeah, you, I And fold. you do more than just fold them. Like, no, I specifically fold. I know techniques yeah. to fold. You're I, right. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. but that is a type of fold. Yeah. Folding in half no. is a fold. No, you got to grow up, Bracky, at some time. No, I don't. And I yeah. won't. I will, I will never will. fold my clothes Fold ever. your clothes. No. Do you make your bed? No. No. Come on. Me? Making your bed's a waste of time. That is a total waste of time. <laughs> I can't believe it. you guys? You make your bed? Not all of it. I put my blanket You don't make your bed. You don't make your bed. Stop lying. Every once a week, make it. No, do you I do wash it. your sheets. What? When do you? How often do you wash your sheets? Uh, I don't know. Olivia does it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys are all married. I got confession. I, I went. I went about a year in college without washing my sheets. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I absolutely. Did I was that in cleaning the bed. I was no, no, cleaning the bed. Count. College doesn't count. 
I think I went a year without cleaning the forming grill I used in college. <laughs> it's like cast iron. It's like cast iron pans. You don't wash them; it washes away the flavor. Oh god, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do the I do the drawer usage just so that I can. Uh, it's get, neater. Just it's for easier. The, it just really for the repack easier. situation. Because yes, I'm an easier. overpacker. I pack way more stuff than I'll ever wear. On purpose, though. On purpose. You need options. I need options. I I'm always I always pack in the scenario that I want to do like. A workout every day and plus and one never, extra. And I never work oh, yeah. out. And you I gotta know you got to know if you're going to work out or not. That's for and sure. And then there's the possibility of going swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Always, if you're in a hotel, yep. you might go swimming. Yep. That's could, a good point. You know who knows? Well, you know, Ollie, I want to make you more efficient. Your dirty workout clothes can double as your swim shorts because the chlorine kills the germs. Boom. I'm not mad at that, but that's disgusting. <laughs> like, the logic makes sense. The logic makes sense, but also it makes perfect um, sense. It makes sense, but like I don't want to. The I would not want to be stinky from the time getting there to there. It's a small time. I actually, I, you could do it right after the workout. Right while after, you're still sweating. There you go. That's Ooh. disgusting. Yeah. Oh, Double I don't up, like baby. this. Yeah. Is that what you do at your pool? Do you have a pool, Ben, in Wisconsin? I do not. I do not have a pool. No. Hot tub. We don't get to use it very much. Uh, I have a hot tub. Yes. Can I come? Uh, no. You home super? Oh my gosh! What? What's wrong? Oh, great! No. If you kill a gopher, if you kill a gopher, you can come. They're groundhogs. Whatever. The same damn thing. They're the same thing. They'd be called the same thing. You got beef with groundhogs? Well, so a groundhog and a woodchuck are the same thing. Why does a gopher differ? Maybe it's a different animal. But what? What about is different? Gophers. I don't know. But you, why do you want me to kill them? Because they dig, dude. These things are such proficient diggers. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I have like twenty holes on my disc golf course, and they like so the one hole it's all rocky and stuff. So they dig these holes and there's just rocks just tumbling down all the way down the hill. It's so annoying. Well, don't wow. you have a? Do you have a firearm? Uh, I I got someone coming. I got someone coming to take care of it. Okay, Bill Murray. Oh, you got a guy? He might be a good wrestler too. We'll see. Oh. Well, who's who's killing your freaking groundhogs? You got to get the guy from Caddyshack. Until we do it, okay. I don't want Petey to get on them, you know. And then the person gets scared. Do you know how many farmers just ke keep rifles on them all the time just to kill groundhogs? It's just like a thing they do. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, of yeah. course. They're huge. I mean, the cows can step in the holes, break their like. They're they're. Oh, that would not be yeah, good. Farmers yes. and groundhogs. They, they mess back with. They further. mess with the crops. It's a. They're a. You they're should a huge see how big these problem. holes are. These holes are huge. The bloods and crypts. Oh. <laughs> yeah, farmers and, and groundhogs are bloods and crips. There's, it, there's no reconciling. There's no there's peace no picnic. There's no resolve in that. Yeah, it's like you're on my corner. You gotta go. Mm-hmm. Right. One's leaving. Is it me or is it you? Yeah. Okay. Some more. That's it. That was interesting. It's interesting that you're having such an, an issue with groundhogs. That's the hey. I, you know what? I have to do it's today. We're actually overtime. I have to take Ozzy's got his first day of gymnastics, so I gotta take him. So I gotta get out of here. Oh my gosh, you gotta go. I was gonna ask one more question. Uneven bar. Right, I'll say something. I'll Thirty save seconds. These. Let's go. No, but it'll be a good question. So we'll do it. We'll do it next time. Right. It's okay. You Let can him go. leave. We'll answer it. Well, no, I want him to answer it too. It'll be good. It's fine. It's nine forty-six. It's time to go. All People, right. We we got tacos waiting for us. My gosh, oh, do you remember tacos. that? Sorry, Ben. No tacos for you, dude. Or Ozzy. <laughs> or Ozzy. Hey. Bye. For you He's not nerds. listening anymore. Yeah. He hates fine. us. Fine. Whatever. Go love but your son. Go love your son. Take him to wherever you're taking him. Go love all your children if you're listening and you have children. If you don't have children, love someone. For crying out loud, love each other. Love yourself. I love you guys not as much as I love my mom.
that, and that's fine. And we just have to come to terms with that. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Wednesday. We will be back tomorrow, no doubt about it. Thanks a lot. See you then. Goodbye.